Hello and welcome to another episode of K Botak, the podcast about Korean cinema and K dramas. I'm John, and on this episode, we'll be looking at eight reasons to watch Pachinko. Pachinko is a 2022 Apple TV Plus original K-drama across eight episodes. It is directed by Kogonada, uh, who this year has also done the very well-received After Yang movie that uh, I've been uh, hoping to uh, see crop up on one of my streaming or or rental services, Um, and Justin Chon, uh, who did Blue Bayou. It's uh, adapted from a novel by Min Jin Lee, uh, which is uh, a historical generational epic. Um, It takes place in two major time periods in Japan and Korea. Uh, It is in Korean, Japanese and English. And it is also a tribute to the, the grit and courage of Korean women across the decades and pays tribute to a lot of elderly Korean women who still live in Japan speaking Japanese uh, with Japanese names, having made lives there after they were brought to the country decades ago. Uh, It shows the lives of Korean families during occupation and upon becoming what were called the Zainichi Koreans or uh, Zainichi Kankokujin living in Japan. Uh, For uh, those who uh, don't know, Koreans in Japan are commonly called Zainichi and uh, I'm quoting from Uh, a piece I read online here, but after Japan's formal annexation of Korea in 1910, labor migration increased. The national census of uh, of 1920 uh, recorded approximately 40,000 Koreans in Japan, the number increasing to 420,000 in 1930, and uh, approximately 1.24 million in 1940. Japan faced a labor shortage with the outbreak of the Pacific War in 1941, so Koreans were brought to construction and production sites in Japan and elsewhere. These were mostly men, but many women were also taken as workers, in some cases as forced sexual slavery for the army. By the time the war ended, the number of Koreans in Japan was approximately 2 million. Uh, end quote. And Koreans in Japan faced racism and discrimination as uh, they were moved over. They uh, often had uh, certainly their status 
um, and uh, a lot of the time their their rights uh, and and dignity taken away quite cruelly, and were seen as second class citizens. Um, this show and uh, presumably the the book it is adapted from uh, explores many of those themes. This is sweeping and epic and deals with huge huge um, things that happened that defined entire generations of people um, and uh, their place in the world. However, it does so by focusing on one family and on just a few people. So it keeps the show very, very intimate in that way and tied together with a pretty extensive cast, um, but really a, a small number of, of really major characters. So who have you got? Uh, in this, you have uh, the the central character is Kim Sunja, whose Japanese name uh, is Bando Nobuko, and is played by Yunyu Jung, uh, the Oscar-winning granny from Minari, um, and uh, kind of the the main protagonist. And and you're seeing her, you know, as an old lady who has been through all of this stuff, seeing how, um, you know, her own family is, is kind of adapting and, and has changed because of uh, the, the upbringing and, and the history that they've had. Um, she is a, a Korean woman. She's from uh, Yongtogu in Busan. And uh, it says that she's, she's fighting for a better life, basically, in this uh, Korea that's dominated by the Japanese and, and later in Japan. Um, she's... Uh, played as uh, as a teenager uh, by Kim Minha, uh, absolutely uh, fantastic uh, and a, a young actress who I haven't seen in much before, um, and uh, as a child by uh, somebody who's just listed as Yuna. You've also got uh, Soji Arai as uh, Bek Mazasu or Bando Mazasu. Uh, he owns the pachinko parlors, the, the titular pachinko parlors, and he's Sunja's second son. Um, and uh, you've got uh, Jinha uh, from the show Devs, which I've not seen. Um, but uh, this guy is a, a amazingly good. And I thought he was going to be more the lead of the show. Um, but uh, Sunja, you know, quickly uh, comes forward as the, the main protagonist. Um, Jinha plays Solomon Beck, um, who is Beck Mazasu's son. He's Sunja's grandson. He is uh, an English-speaking, uh, very kind of well-heeled uh, young lad who has been growing up in America. He went to Yale. Um, he socializes with lots of Westerners, um, and uh, you know, he speaks fluently in uh, English, uh, Japanese, and, and Korean. He kind of, um, in one character, knits together um, all of the different sides of, uh, of the show um, and of the, the past and present. Um, really, really good, this guy. Um, and uh, you have, uh, I think, one of the people that uh, fans would be very excited to see, uh, Eamon Ho, uh, famously from Boys Over Flowers, from the excellent uh, City Hunter kind of revenge drama from years ago um, that I really loved, and uh, more recently The King Eternal Monarch as Kohansu. Uh, this is one of the Zainichi Koreans. He lives in Osaka. And uh, he's kind of a, a fish broker, basically. He regularly comes to Busan in the, uh, you know, the, the earlier of the time periods. And uh, he's Noah's father. Uh, Kaho Minami is Etsuko, which is uh, Mozasu's uh, girlfriend and the mother of a young girl called Hannah. Uh, you've also got the excellent Steve Sanghyun No 
as uh, Isaac Beck, who is a Protestant minister uh, from Pyongyang, and uh, he is uh, Yoseb's younger brother. Uh, there's a, a lot of uh, family tree stuff going in here, um, going on here rather. I imagine if if you read the the novel. Um, there might be some kind of family tree in the pages at the front, or I would hope there would be. And um, you've got Anna Sawain, a New Zealand actress who was in Giri Haji, uh, Fast and Furious 9, an upcoming James Clavell adaptation, Shogun, um, as Naomi. Uh, this is Solomon's uh, kind of co-worker. Uh, and uh, she's also a very kind of uh, well-heeled, westernized, you know, internationally kind of minded um, young business person in, in Japan. Um, this show has been a hit. Uh, it has an approval rating 98% on Rotten Tomatoes, uh, whatever that means. That's based on 57 critic reviews with an average rating of 9.2 out of 10. And uh, a lot of people love this. Compared to the other um, Apple TV Plus Korean original, Dr. Brain, which I also really enjoyed. This feels like it has um, come through with much more of a wave. Um, people have uh, have really connected with it. Um, whether that's because of the, the subject matter and, and the innate fascination of that historical time, um, whether it's because it, it just looks uh, so incredible, um, uh, or just pure word of mouth. Uh, I don't know, but it, it really is um, just wonderful, and you should watch it. However, if for some reason you've been seeing, um, you know, all of these beautiful screenshots and um, this wonderful cast, uh, Lee Min Ho in, in his amazing suits, and uh, all the reception to to this, and you just haven't got around to it, um, maybe you used up your Apple TV Plus uh, free trial and you're going to have to pay uh, seven bucks, I thought I'd just put together eight reasons why this is worth seeing. Um, so that's um, one per dollar and uh, an extra one. I'm, I'm talking in Singapore prices here, so probably that means nothing. Reason number one, I think, is Jung Yoo Jung and Kim Min Ha as uh, Sunja. This central character is absolutely wonderful. Um, I read some review, um, interviews uh, with the two actresses. Um, Jung Yoo Jung said, uh, quote, in Korea, we often talk about the power of rice, an exact translation that refers to mothers cooking for the family to show their affection. Young Yoo Jung is 75 years old, and um, she has had this career resurgence in recent years. She's got a, a reality uh, cooking show at the moment in South Korea. Um, she's clearly uh, you know, very, very accomplished, now Oscar-winning, um, amazingly charming uh, actress. And uh, she's lived through you know, 75 years of a, a, a country that, you know, as, as recently as the 80s um, went through incredibly turbulent times and has now got to the point where it is so developed and, it, you know, culturally, you know, for the same reason this, this podcast exists, uh, is uh, kind of, you know, leading tastes in, in pop music and in film and, and in so many things. So just an amazing lifespan to have and to be able to draw on that for this uh, character that is all about looking pat. Uh, looking back at um, a stretch of time where so much has changed. Um, yeah, it, it really was interesting to see her kind of reminiscing around, uh, you know, her own experiences raising children. Um, she keeps talking about the fact that she's, uh, you know, been working with Stephen Yun, who is younger than her youngest son. Uh, that's how she kind of uh, thinks of people. Um, th this person has gone through a lot, and you, and you can see it in... 
um, all of the amazing performances that she puts in in this show. I mean, just can't um, can't take your eyes off um, uh, off this central performance. She's amazing. You've also got uh, Kim In Ha. Um, she is much younger, obviously, and uh, she plays the the teenage Sunja. But she went and talked to her grandmother, who is ninety four. And she said, uh, quote, she's kind of like, um, because uh, my grandmother is 94 years old, she's kind of like a friend to Sunja. So I asked her about a lot of things like how did she suffer during this period? What was that like for her? Um, there were details and specific things I really wanted to know. For example, if it was normal for a girl to get pregnant at 16, like Sunja did. Um, I asked her about the culture of the time, and I was kind of surprised that she remembered and was able to answer my questions specifically. Uh, which is amazing at, uh, at 94 and really impressive. And, and um, Kim and Ha went on to um, uh, talk about her grandmother's reaction uh, to seeing her in, in this show and um, how much she cried when uh, whenever uh, Min Ha was on screen. Um, I found that very, very affecting. I can't imagine how powerful that must be uh, to be in your 90s and then see on screen a representation of you know what you would have um looked like in terms of in terms of your clothes and where you were and the kind of place that you lived back then um and it's your your granddaughter playing that character i mean that that must hit like an absolute truck and um yeah that that was a really incredible insightful interview yeah i i think both of these ac- actresses have have thought about this um so hard and both bring so much to this this character of sunja who uh, has so much resilience. Um, both of them are drawing that from different places, from their own experiences, or by talking to grandma. Um, both versions of the character require different levels of fragility, and to show in different ways how they're devoted to family. But for uh, um, but but for young Yu Jung, she's playing her more kind of stern and reserved. She's you know she's seen everything already. Kim Min Ha uh, is playing her kind of finding her way. She's still getting her bumps and bruises in life. I just think this is two of the best casting choices made ever, and it's for the same character. Um, so, I mean, that's my one reason to watch the show, if uh, if one is enough. But I said I'd do eight, so um, number two, obviously, Lee Min Ho as uh, Kohansu. I just think in this he's playing uh, a very handsome and uh, very, very stylish bastard. Um, he's a splendid choice for a complex character like Hansu. Um, we do get backstory on this guy, and spoiler, um, mild spoiler, uh, there is an episode that is all about Hansu, which is led by Emin Ho, which is really, really fantastic. Um, and we see there's more to him and why, but in the early episodes, it's more about how he's this rich, uh, successful guy who does a very cruel thing to uh, Sunja, um, which you'll you'll have to see for yourself. Um, and I haven't read the book, so I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how things will pan out uh, with with this guy, with this character, if I can resist kind of, you know, going and getting the book before they manage to make more of this. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I think Eamon Ho, he really, he should be doing roles like this. He's so good at being kind of complicated and shades of grey. I think um, with uh, Lee Jung Jae, uh, you know, now moving into a, a, another era, uh, of his um, of his own career, I think the sort of um, uh, some of the the anti heroes and um, dapper baddies that he's been playing, Eamon Ho could be taking on those roles uh, as well. He's he's really good in this, and uh, I, I think just um, putting in stronger performances than ever. Um, 
there's a there's a reason why he's kind of you know one of the most famous, one of the most um, sought after uh, leads in in the biz. Reason number three, uh, it is stunning. I think um, the the cinematography uh, is absolutely lush, second to second. You can take any single frame out of this and put it on Twitter, and uh, I'm sure every, everybody would be retweeting it and um, uh, and uh, looking at it and talking about it. I mean, it's just absolutely gorgeous. Um, the different time periods and color palettes that they use, whether you're in a um, you know a, a, an expensive uh, Japanese law firm's uh, office or whether you are on, in the um, you know the fields of of occupied Chosun um, or the you know the Korea town in Japan which they ultimately go to um, all looks amazing and just transports you there connecting to my reason number four which is that this this show is just absolutely fascinating the lives and generations of people um, the different priorities they had in their lives and how they live um, Sunja when she's a, a teenager she's just trying to get by and um, do right by her mum uh, doing the laundry and uh, eventually uh, ends up going to Japan as a very young person and, and there she really is just trying to survive um, and she rises to it but you see uh, from the, the Young Yu Jung performance uh, you know what, what that has cost her in her life to take all of this on and fight through it uh, but also how strong she's become um, so without getting back onto, uh, you know, just the, the kind of the, the central character, I think just a lot of the, the sadness in this, seeing what becomes of many Koreans, ev- even who have high status, going to Japan and instantly becoming, you know, less than, and how they cling to a bit of their previous repute or turn to alcoholism, how they kind of fight or even try to, to con each other. Like, the, this is, um, you know, real stuff um, that they're... Uh, that they're presenting on screen and and it's sad and it's not the most um maybe um kind of upbeat portrayal of what can happen but everyone's just trying to uh, survive in a world where there's people who are just happy to throw them in prison or 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 beat them up um so for example sunjo's trying to pawn um i think is a watch and uh the pawnbroker is a is a korean but he's um he, he's trying to underprice it um, and basically screw her over so he can maximize his own profit. And they're having to live in this very dog-eat-dog world um, because of um, the, the situation that they're in. And, and of course, that, that does happen. Um, you know, you're not always able to just be all in it together when there is such a kind of, a, you know, a boot on your head. So uh, it, it really um, a, a powerful representation of what was going on. Um, and that's helped by my my fifth reason, which is number five, the clever structure. Um, so you've got different timelines here. And unlike the book, uh, I had a little look at the synopsis of that. But as I understand it, I think that's going sequentially, whereas this is jumping from one time period to another. A lot of films do this and, and have like flashbacks and establishing scenes and stuff like that. Um, but with this, it's always clear, thanks to the visuals, which are really, really expensive and um, really, really distinct. Uh, it clearly shows you where and when you are, which is more difficult than you would think. Um, a lot of shows and a lot of films get that wrong um, when they're kind of jumping you around from place to place, but obviously helped by the, the different cast members as well as um, kind of the, uh, the the palette and the and the tone of visuals that they're using. Um, you always know where you are. And, and I think it's in terms of like editing, um, 
it should win awards, you know, on top of everything else it should win awards for, because it's so easy to follow, despite the fact it's quite complicated on the face of it. So uh, that's very, very good. Um, number six, it's well-paced, crammed with lots of personal stories that pop up, but they're all meaningful. There's no dead wood here. So even though you do get to see these little pockets of, of people's lives that are going on, like Sunja's childhood friends, her mother, um, her friends in Japan, her relationships at different times of her life and how they reflect you know what's been happening to the Koreans in Japan um you're never kind of getting to one storyline and thinking ah oh, okay let's just get through this you know get through to the bit I was you know looking forward to which you do sometimes with uh shows that have so many kind of plates spinning in terms of narrative with this uh not at all everything everything they've put on screen is valuable um looks amazing and is full of very very good writing and characterization as as well as you know these powerful themes that i've i've been talking around number seven it's it's totally heartbreaking it's you know as you might imagine considering the uh the the content it's dealing with really unflinching in how it shows the the tragedies both the intimate ones and the you know the grander scale of what's affecting korean people in in that time there's a really bittersweet scene with an opera singer on a boat that is once really triumphant and totally devastating. And on top of all that, just amazingly well shot and, and conceived and put together. Real contenders for some of the most powerful stuff put on screen in this show. It's amazing. And number eight, there's more coming. Uh, so according to Esquire, uh, the showrunner, uh, Sue Hugh, said that the, um, the plan is for the series to run for four seasons, but so far they have actually confirmed season two. Um, he says uh, that it will continue to be about the story of Sunja, continued from season one. It'll be even heavier, but still there will be joy. So, as I mentioned, you can watch this on Apple TV+. Plus. Um, get on it if you haven't, uh, because the, there's going to be more of it coming, and I think this is one of the best things on TV I've seen this year, if not the best. Um, the music is also absolutely fantastic. They use a, an old um, piece of music, but then they redo it, um, in a uh, in a kind of pansori pop uh, style at the at the end, and uh, that version I, I I like even more. Um, so uh, great music, uh, amazing atmosphere throughout, and uh, I can't think of any reason not to watch this. It's uh, it's just absolutely fantastic. Meanwhile, there are lots of other episodes of Kbotak you can check out. Um, currently just trying to uh, cover uh, all the amazing stuff I've been seeing that's coming out of Korean film and, and telly this year. Stuff like Monstrous, uh, which is a really cool horror thriller series. Um, Juvenile Justice, cool courtroom drama, really characterful. Emergency Declaration, and a very um, uh, ordinary airplane thriller that just happens to have all the amazing actors of South Korea kind of stuffed into it, um, which makes it a must-watch. Decision to Leave, the the incredible recent uh, Park Chan-wook film. So uh, episodes and all of that are already available or coming soon. Um, and you can also follow the show on at kbotakpod, which is at k-b-o-t-a-k-p-o-d on Twitter and Instagram. Retweets and shares are much appreciated. And best of all, if you like this show, please subscribe and leave a review. Thanks for listening. Cheers. <laughs>